In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Word Anchor Podcast. The title of this episode is Looking Unto Jesus. Life is a journey, a series of experiences that we go through every single day. We at times go through good things, good times, where we're celebrating, where we are happy, we're giving praises to the Lord. Um, all is well, all is going according to plan. However, Life is also full of surprises. Life is also full of challenges. The pandemic that we are facing worldwide has brought some level of soberness in us that we realized that we were living life. Things were easy. Things were going well. To some, yes, there were a lot of challenges, but the pandemic has lifted up one major issue that is our health. So the question is, as a child of God, as a believer, even as a non-believer, what is it that you look to when you're facing challenges? Who do you trust? Who do you run to? When you come across issues in life, who do you go to? Who do you depend on? Who is your source of strength? Who do you look to for help? Because you see, if you are operating alone here on this earth, you're living alone on this earth, you will not thrive in life because no man is an island. However, the people that you depend on may not always have the solutions to your situation. Whatever circumstance that you may face may actually need a divine solution, not a man-made solution. So the question is, when you face challenges, who do you go to? I've had COVID early in this year. My sister had COVID last year, and one of my children also had COVID just recently. And when it hits, you begin to panic. When it hits initially, you fear does come. Honestly, I have recorded before and I stated that the first thing I had to rebuke was fear because I knew that if I am fearful, then I'm not going to be able to stand against this disease. Now, who do you look to? After you have dealt with fear and you have dealt with anxiety, the situation is still right there in front of you. Who do you look to? Because honestly, the things that people are going through out there, the challenges of life are way too much. People are despondent out there. People are discouraged. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their businesses. People have lost their children, parents, spouses. Um, there's a lot of orphans out there. There's a lot of widows out there. And this is life. Somebody that you loved today is here. Tomorrow is no more. What is it that you do? Who do you look to? Who do you run to as a child of God? There's a lot of things that we learn from the children of Israel. They are the nation that God had chosen. You would actually think that because they are God's people, then they would have it easy. You'd think that since God is divine and all-powerful, God is out there. The, the Bible tells us of the battles that they won. Um, the things that God did for them, all the miracles, the signs and the wonders. You would actually think that Israel would have it easy because they are a people chosen by God, a people that belong to God. They didn't have it easy. 
In fact, they had the most difficult time. They still do even today. This is a nation that is hated by its neighbors. And people are always sitting, waiting for this one to attack and that other one to attack. So that they are children of God or a chosen nation does not necessarily mean that life will be easy. That you are a child of God today does not mean that life will be easy. When we read their journey in the book of Numbers, right from the beginning to the end of that book, you'll realize the kind of challenges that they were facing as the children of God. In Numbers chapter 21, from verses 4 to 9, it reads as follows. Then they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they beat the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was. If a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Praise the Lord. Now, for them to come to the point where they were discouraged, where they started complaining. Um, when you read the scripture, it doesn't necessarily tell you exactly what the issue was, but they brought the food issue. They brought um, the water issue. They even were saying the, the manner that they were receiving from God all these years was worthless food. Now, it must have been a difficult journey because the previous few verses of uh, the book of Numbers chapter 21 tells us of victory that they had against Arad, the king of um, the Canaanites. Now, they had won a battle. You'd think that they will come out victorious and happy, and then they start a journey on a good note. They were victorious. But it then says they started walking, they started the journey, and when they were walking, when they were journeying in that place, they were discouraged on the way. Um, some say that the, the land that they were traveling in, it was a difficult one. You know that in the wilderness, in, in that area, there'll be things like sandstorms, for example. So it was not an easy place. It was not a plain for them to just walk through. They faced challenges. The elements in the place where they were walking, it gave them difficulties. They were, they were discouraged. And when they were discouraged, they started looking around at their situation and they said, the food, the water, the, this bread is worthless. To them, um, it was just something that they were eating on a daily basis. But they wanted to be, honestly, they wanted to be in the promised land already. When we look back from the beginning of the book of Numbers, it begins with Moses doing the census on the people of Israel at, at Mount Sinai. They are there, they do the census, and God gives them instruction about the tabernacle. It gets built. He gives them the laws for the priests and the priestly blessing. And they also celebrate Passover. And then they move from Mount Sinai 
having stayed there for two years, because the Bible tells us that the cloud would settle down and they would stay there until this cloud lifts and then they would follow where God was leading them. So they stayed in Mount Sinai two years. They were living in tents. It was not an easy place. Mount Sinai, they are there, fine. They are having conversations with God through Moses. They are getting the laws and all of those things. They know God is with them, but they were not home. They didn't have physical structures. They were living in tents in the mountain or near a mountain. It was not an easy place for them to be two years. God still speaking to them. Then God said they must move. Then they moved. They went to the wilderness of Paran. There they started complaining. They firstly complained in, um, in chapter 11 and God sent fire, burnt some people. Moses prayed and the fire was stopped. And then they went again and complained. They complained about the manna. They complained that they were not having meat. Of course, no one wants to be on a diet of bread every single day. Bread in the morning, bread in the afternoon, bread in the evening. They came to a point that they had had enough of the bread. However, the point of God not being happy with their complaint was that God expects us to ask of him not to complain. Because when you are complaining, you are actually not moving in faith. You are not saying, God, I trust you for provision. You are actually saying to God, why are you not giving me food? Why are you not giving me a proper job? Why are you not giving me a house? Why are you not giving me a car? Instead of saying, God, can you please bless me with a car? God, can you please bless me with a job that will pay me the money that I need for provision? You are not going to him, trusting him to do it. You are going to him. You are already complaining. You are not moving in faith. You are not praying in faith. You are actually just complaining. It will not please the father. Not even a single parent will be pleased when their child goes to them and say, why are you not paying my school fees? The school says that my school fees is not up to date. You have not paid my school fees. You want me to go to school, blah, blah, blah. You say a whole lot of things instead of saying, mommy or daddy, can I please have money for the school fees? Israel complained and complained. They moved on and Miriam and Aaron also complained about the leadership of Moses. They also wanted to be prominent as prophets. They'd been journeying all around the wilderness and Moses was the central point of uh, prophetic utterances. He was the central point of the person that heard the voice of God and conveyed the messages of God to the people. Aaron and Miriam were prophets as well. But however, Moses was the leader that God had chosen for Israel. Now they started complaining. They were probably tired of getting instructions from Moses. And they were saying, but we also are prophets. We are hearing from God. And God was angry with Miriam that, you see, I speak to Moses face to face. You can't be complaining about this issue. It is God that chooses leadership. They complained. Now, Miriam was punished. She had leprosy and was healed within um, seven days. Then Moses sent the spies because now they were on the brink of the promised land. He sent the 12 spies and they went and spied the land. And they came back. 10 had a bad report. 2 had a good report. The people believed the 10 and they complained again. You wanted to kill us. Why did you bring us here to kill us? These people are giants and we are like grasshoppers. They were not trusting God. The same God that took them out of Egypt with signs and wonders, they did not believe that God would actually help them to win a war or a battle against the people of Canaan. They complained. And God gave them the worst punishment. He said to them, the whole generation that came out of Egypt, that lived through the wilderness, the Bible says none was feeble amongst them. The Bible says their sandals were not torn. 
But God said to these people, all of them will die in the wilderness, save for Joshua and Caleb, because they both believed that God would give them victory. He said these two will actually go into the promised land. Then we had the complaining from um, Korah and other leaders in Israel. And they complained against Moses and Aaron. And the earth opened up and swallowed them and their families. It says 250 men and their families. They were swallowed up. God was angry. He was not impressed. They were still not in the promised land. Then Miriam died and Aaron followed as well. People complained about water and all of these things. Now, then they moved to the wilderness of Zin where Miriam died and the people thereafter complained about water and God gave Moses an instruction to say, speak to the rock and the rock will give you water. And Moses hit the rock and God said, you also are not going in to the promised land because you did not hallow me in front of the people instead of speaking to the rock so that the people will see the miracle of water coming out of a rock just by a word spoken to the rock. You didn't hallow me, therefore you're not going into the wilderness. Now you can imagine that the whole generation dies. The whole leadership of Israel would also die in that wilderness. It was not easy for the people of God. Now Moses has to journey without Miriam, without Aaron, with his people before the time of his death would come. Now they go to this place, they get to the place where the king of Arad came against them and they defeated that king and the people. Then they had to move from that place. Now they requested a passage from the people of Edom and those people refused. They came against them. You'd remember that Edom is coming from the lineage of Esau, the brother of Jacob. Now he refused them entry or they refused them passage. They asked that we'll just go through the highway. They refused. Now they had to now go around that place And the place where they were going to go through was not as a highway. It was not an easy place for them to walk through. They were discouraged. They they, they could have walked through the highway, possibly maybe a quicker way for them. However, they are already discouraged by the fact that God has said they will have to wander in this wilderness for 40 years. So they are walking. They knowing that I'm walking towards my death and I'm going to leave my children here. I'm going to die in the wilderness. I'm not going to see the promised land. There are things that you probably have requested from God for many years. You still have not received that. They were discouraged just as you probably are discouraged today when you have not received the things that you have asked of God. They walked through a difficult road and a journey instead of a highway. And the Bible says the people were discouraged. What is it that was troubling these people? They wanted food, proper food. They received manna from heaven. It was the same diet day in, day out. It was a challenge for them. They wanted water in the wilderness. They wanted to be comfortable. They were tired of the tents. They were facing battles. Remember, these people were slaves in Egypt. They had not known how to fight a battle. They had only known how to save. So these people were discouraged by the circumstances that they were facing as they were journeying. They were discouraged by The fact that they were not going to go into the promised land, only their children would go there. The Bible says none were feeble, but they would die because of plagues when they disobeyed God. So disease was not necessarily a big issue, except if it was a punishment from God and Moses would pray for them. However, just being in the wilderness for so many years was never an easy thing for the people of Israel. So before we can even judge them as people lacking faith, let us understand that they were in a difficult situation. 
However, when God has done something for you, he expects you to trust him even moving forward. Do not be discouraged, child of God, by your circumstances. Even when you are discouraged, the worst thing that you can do is to go to God complaining. God does not answer complaints. He answers prayers. He does not answer complaints. He answers requests to him. He answers you when you come to him in faith. When you are complaining, you are not asking in faith. You are not believing that God can do this thing for you. The people of Israel rebelled against Moses and his leadership. And Moses was a chosen servant of God. You cannot go and rebel against God's servant and expect God to bless you through that servant. God responded to Israel by fire, by plagues, earthquakes, swallowing people. And now in Numbers chapter 21, God responded by sending out fiery serpents. Those serpents would bite the people. They say it's fiery serpents because when it beat a person, it was a painful thing that they would experience. Now those serpents came and started biting the people. They had no medicine for it. They had no antidote for it. They had nothing except God. They did not go with ambulances and medical supplies into the wilderness. They had nothing except God. Now they cried to the Lord. We have sinned against God. And God said to Moses, make a bronze serpent and lift it up on a pole. Now everyone that looks at that thing, they will live. It had to take faith, children of God, for you to have a pain of a snake bite and be told to look at another snake in a bronze uh, format. It had to take faith because there's nothing that heals in a bronze serpent except that there is obedience to the word of God because they had not obeyed God. They had not prayed to God. They had not trusted God. Now they were forced to trust God so that they could live. They knew now that the only way that I could live is to trust God when he says, look at that fear serpent on the pole, the bronze serpent. They failed to believe God before and God in a way forced them to believe because now they were desperate of receiving healing. They were desperate for receiving healing. They had to look at the bronze serpent and they left. Where are you focusing your eyes to? Whom do you look up to when you're in trouble? Because you see, the same God that has healed you of headache is the same God that you need to look to when something else comes that seems to be serious. When something else comes that threatens your life, there is only one way. It is Jesus. It is God that heals. Now, Jesus Christ then brings this story when you are speaking to Nicodemus in the book of John chapter 3 from verse 14 to 16. It says, Jesus Christ said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In the same manner that Moses lifted up the serpent, the Son of Man will be lifted up. Jesus Christ spoke these words before this crucifixion, before he was arrested. It was actually earlier on in his ministry. Now he was preparing their hearts that as much as Israel looked at the fear serpent, a bronze one, in the wilderness, there will come a time when you're going to have to look at the one that will be lifted up and hung on the tree. You will have to use your, the same faith that Israel used in the wilderness. You would have to use the same faith today 
in looking up to the one that will be hung on the tree. That wilderness experience, that bronze serpent, was a type of what was to come. It was a precursor of what was to come. We were being prepared. Israel was being prepared. Everyone was being prepared that there will come a time where you would have to look at one, the son of man, that would be lifted up in a pole and you would look at him and live. You would behold Christ and live. He says, when you look at him, believing in him, you will not perish, but have eternal life. We love the part that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But let us step back a little bit and look at the fact that he, the son of man, was lifted up for us. Today, people are looking, they are shifting their eyes away from the son of man that was lifted up and put on a pole. They are looking at the man that is working and playing on the ground. The man that makes themselves to be the central point instead of Christ. The man that says, look to me instead of Christ. The man that makes themselves to be the only person through whom the people of God can go to God. Such a man forgets that at some point they're going to die. Where will the people get help? If you make the people of God to look to you today instead of Christ, where are they going to get their help when you're dead? Child of God. Your focus should be in Christ. Every man of God, every servant of God should be pointing you to Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him enjoyed the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It is him that gives us the measure of faith, praise the name of the living God. We have to look to him, to Jesus. You ask yourself, what am I looking at? People are looking at Jesus only for salvation. There are people that think that only salvation is found in Christ, but there's so much more. Isaiah chapter 53 tells us all the things that we get. It says that um, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace. So if you don't have peace, child of God, remember to look to Jesus Christ that was hung on the cross. Look to him because he was chastised so that you can receive peace. You take your faith and you say, I don't have peace, but right now I'm going to get it by looking at the one that hung on the cross, despising the shame, the shame of being hung on the cross. The Bible says, cursed is the man who is hung on the tree. Jesus Christ received all the curses. Today, you'll wake up and hear somebody tell you that you've got generational curses. Refuse that. Resist that devil speaking to you. Because you see, the Bible tells us clearly that we have received all the blessings in the heavenly places. They are ours. They are given to us. The Bible says that the one that wanted to curse Israel, they were told, you can't curse these people. God told them, you can't curse these people. Balak and Balaam could not curse the people of God. Because whomever God has blessed, you cannot curse. So today, when somebody else wants to tell you something, that you should not be even entertaining. Refuse it. Jesus Christ is not coming back to be cursed again for you and me. He's already been cursed once and for all. We therefore reject all curses. We look to Jesus. Somebody says you are cursed. You look to Jesus and say, Lord, remember. You say, Lord, I receive my blessings from you. I reject this issue of being cursed. I am not cursed. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Who do you look to? Things are not going well in your family. Who do you look to? You are having poverty issues in your family. Who do you look to? Jesus Christ proved that he is a provider 
When they needed fish, he provided. When they needed bread, he provided. When people were hungry, he said, sit down. He didn't say, go home and make your own food. He didn't say, you are too many, we've got little fish and a few loaves of bread. He multiplied that so that you'd believe, you'd look to him and say, I have been beaten by poverty, but I'm going to look to the one that hung on the cross because the Bible tells us that he fed those that were hungry. You have a sickness attacking your body. Remember, they looked to the bronze serpent and lived, but there is one that is bigger than a bronze serpent. There is one that has conquered death and the grave once and for all, and he is alive. He hung on the cross. He says, look to me. Jesus Christ said to the people in John chapter 12 verse 32, and if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Allow Jesus to draw you to himself, child of God. Allow him to draw you to himself, not to another human being, but to Jesus. Anyone that preaches that you will not succeed, you will suffer if you're not coming to my church, they are liars. Because you see, we look to Jesus, not to human beings. In church, we go there to be empowered. In church, we go there to be taught. But you see, our eyes are focused on Jesus. He is the one that is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one that died for you and for me. Who are you looking at, child of God? Because you see, the fiery serpents are on the ground. The serpent from of old has been biting the heels of the seed of the woman. The challenges will always be there. The enemy will always attempt to afflict you. The Bible has told us clearly that the devil is out there like a lion, roaring and looking for whomever that it can afflict. You may be a victim today or tomorrow. However, there is one that hung on the cross for you and me. Yours and mine is to look to him. Yours and mine is to focus on him. How do you do that? Search for the word. Because the Bible tells us that he is the word that became flesh. Search for the word. Search for the scriptures that talk to your situation. When you find it, you lift it up and you say, Lord, it is written here. I stand here and I believe it. They had to look at a fierce serpent of bronze, something that was not living. We have the living Christ, the one that is risen, the one that is sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. Who are you looking at, child of God? Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. He has all the answers for you. Believe him. Use faith to get the things that you require and need from Jesus. Even if you don't get it, even if your answers do not come through, your focus should not shift. You sit there as a child of God because you see where Christ is is better than where the devil is. Be lifted to where Christ is. Let your eyes focus on him. Believe him and stay there. Do not let the enemy steal you away from Jesus. You see, the enemy wants you to curse God and die. But bless God, you are not going to do that. You are not going to allow the circumstances to shift your eyes from Jesus. Peter tried that and he almost drowned. Don't do it. Do not shift your eyes from Jesus. Do not shift your eyes from he who is the giver of life. He who was from the beginning. He who is and he who is to come. Only him has all the solutions that you need. Only him has all the solutions that you need. Look unto Jesus, child of God, and leave. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, 
Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace. Go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the word of God your anchor.